A quick trigger warning, this episode contains mentions of suicide, verbal abuse, and self-harm. Please skip this episode if you feel like these topics will trigger you. Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast. Uh, This is Because Mental Health Matters, and today we have a podcast called So Different, So Similar. Um, The reason why we wanted to title this is because um, right, we have Andrea with me here, which is an editor from Because Mental Health, and um, she swims, and I play squash, so the sport itself is really different, um, but a lot of things we go through as student athletes are really similar. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to start this podcast off by Andrea introducing herself. Hey, so um, I'm Andrea, and uh, well, I'm a swimmer. I've been swimming for 12 years now. I'm a part of uh, the Hong Kong team, and I represented Hong Kong for a few overseas competitions. I was lucky enough to um, break a few records here and there, and uh, yeah, that's basically me. <laughs> lucky <laughs> enough to break a few records. Lucky. <laughs> okay. Um, lucky. Yeah, okay, so I also play squash. I mean, I play squash and um, recently got number two in a tournament and we don't have records to break, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's start off with talking about stereotypes. What's your experience with, you know, other people calling you um, stuff? Things, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of experience, honestly. And uh, well, the most common one is basically it's like um saying that I'm useless mm-hmm. <laughs> in both like studying and swimming it's like it kind of really hurts because you know some people don't understand that we're, we're human too and uh, we have things that we don't know and struggle to do we're tired from like doing our sports every day and then to say that we're useless and we can't study and like have good academic results kind of sucks you know like we try okay we try some people are you know they can't do it because they don't not like some people really don't do it but then it's really due to them being too tired but for me it's like I have the time but I try my best and I don't I'm not really good at it but you know it's the way it is I tried my hardest and you can't say I I'm rubbish mm-hmm. it's like yeah. I wanted. um there's a, like a common stereotype that people who are good at their sports are also terrible at their grades or like school yeah. in general and yeah. Um, that's definitely I mean that's true in some ways but then you also can't label the person as being academically dumb yeah because yeah a lot of people they are really good at different things you know uh one of my idols Siobhan Hawhey she's the silver medalist uh in the Olympics just now I don't know if you know oh yeah but then yeah she 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 swims really fast you know Mm -hmm. uh she she has great academic results um she actually studies psychology too and um, oh really yeah yeah cool. and then she um she her she can do instruments and I'm like wow <laughs> I, I already struggle with two things that you can do a lot and it's just crazy yeah there's like a balance that we all have to figure out as student athletes um what's your take on like the high esteem part like do people call you someone who has like a very high self-esteem or anything well I've had like a lot of people calling me a jerk and stuff like that because you know you know me Haley Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like really really sometimes really annoying person (laughs) and I just annoy the like Mm -hmm. everything out of her sometimes and um yeah sometimes like the way I act is it's not like I did it on purpose to hurt you. I, I don't know I hurt you, you know? I mm-hmm. thought I was being fun and something, but yeah, sometimes I accidentally hurt you, but it's not about, like, I have self-esteem because it's from the nature of my sport, but it's all it's also, like, an escape from, like, the sad stuff. Sometimes I just do, like, smile and laugh, and it just wears off the negativity in my life, and sometimes I, like, overstep and it gets offensive so I apologize if I really did anything to you don't worry yeah yeah, so yeah yeah I think the part about the part where you said that um we use a lot of smiling to cover up whatever's going on inside of us because 
we just have so many things going on yeah. all the time it's just so sad it. it's crazy. yeah yeah it's really annoying and sometimes it doesn't work but it's it's still really hard but yeah still got to keep going on mm-hmm. um and I think one main thing that all student athletes go through is the comparison between your friends especially during like group trainings and stuff and also um the spectator pressure so let's yeah dive a little deeper into that for sure so comparison wise i mean there's there's honestly no escape from that like you know yeah. you you do squash and you're in this thing with two people in it like there's no way there. it's <laughs> you not a court you get <laughs> yeah yeah the court yeah sorry <laughs> and i'm in a pool with eight people mm-hmm. and like competing who's fat like like seeing who's faster and there's no way you can escape from that you know and but honestly my way of trying to not compare myself because it's a really bad habit i i still do it and mm-hmm. i try to pull myself away from it i just focus more on myself because there's no way like other like people are different right we all have our own specific needs and you yourself have a lot like has you have your own way to deal with different things to improve and stuff like that and so if you focus on other people you you tend to lose that um like you you lose all the details into what you have to do and once you focus on yourself um it may, maybe you can use other people as a benchmark but you don't like compare like everything with them just yeah you just got to focus on yourself with all the things that you're missing like you know just keep working on it just yeah just focus on yourself basically (laughs) yeah um I think one thing that really helped me was turning the jealousy into admiration because I used to have a really strong case of jealousy and I would like hate on people who are better than me like internally and it was so bad for me because I go to training I dread training and I come back training not being very happy because I'm always somehow below this person and I think ever since like I talked to people like my therapist about this problem I've turned to that jealousy into admiration and that helped a lot because I start learning from them without them really knowing it's like someone um in my age category improved a lot um Mm -hmm. within a short period of time and if I turn that admiration um, if I turn that jealousy into admiration it's she actually is a very good player and there's so much to get out of it in that court when I'm training with her so my 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 perspective changed it went from um me dreading being on the same court with her to me wanting to be in the same court with her because training with people who are better than you you know helps you improve as well yeah Um, yeah. we want that too yeah it's pretty good yeah like learning from people I do that too um usually you want them to be like for me in the same heat as you because you can like um like we fit like we fit your record races and then after that you can look back and see like uh, see what she's really good at what are her methods of training that can get you to where where she's at and so yeah that's that's a really good thing yeah there's like this is where the whole saying keep your enemies close came from because he <laughs> you know the closer you are to your competitor the more you're able to get out of it and yeah it's, it's similar to like yeah similar to school if you want to do better in a subject you find the person who's doing well in that subject <laughs> and that's for me. <laughs> and that's you for me. Oh, that's you for England. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Um, yeah. um so tell me a little about swimming squash recruit. I mean not squash, swimming's college <laughs> college uh, recruitment college. process. Let's talk um, about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, okay. So I don't know about squash, but for swimming, um, it's a really big thing uh like considering going to the u.s yeah and like yeah it's a really big thing um because the the atmosphere and everything you can't get it from anywhere else it's just the u.s the environment everything um the u.s has it the best it's top tier and so to get there to that level it's really really hard because they expect a lot from you not only you have like do you have to swim fast but you have to have the grades Mm -hmm. and so it's really really stressful and um honestly 
um, like I'm definitely not there yet. Like my times are definitely not there yet. So I'm really stressed right now because, um, you know, with COVID and everything, I can't yeah. train, I can't swim, and it's just really hard, right? And uh, so the only thing I can focus on is grades and my outreach to different schools. Um, like the college recruitment process, actually, I am starting like slowly now, contact, contacting mm-hmm. different, um, like yeah, the different uh, like universities I want to go in. I have a list, and it goes mm-hmm. like I keep contact them one by one, and so yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Like, there's always something you can do out of a situation, no matter how hard it is. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically exactly the same as a squash recruitment process. Um, yeah. Mostly you get recruited by going to international tournaments and they see you there, they yeah. like you, then you guys exchange business cards. Um, business <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that now is the right time to start reaching out to coaches um, through, you know, email or whatever. Yeah. And start, start early. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys have this rule before squash, you're not, the um, coaches aren't allowed to talk to people who are younger than juniors. Oh, wait, no, no, we don't have that. Yeah, we so... Just, yeah, you can get really, like, you can be uh, recruited really early. Like, many oh, really? people before... Yeah, before, like, some seniors, like, before they're seniors, I think they're when they're juniors, they get recruited, and it's really, really quick, the process. Like, the right. earliest, yeah, earliest I've seen is juniors, and, uh, yeah, seniors, most, if you're really good, they, they, accept, they accepted you already. Right, yeah. because for us, it's like a... You can only start officially talking to the coaches um, when we reach junior year, so which is this September. Um, yeah. And so right now it's like one-sided email threads and like updating them <laughs> about my um, squash yeah. and all that. And then I never get a reply from them, but I know they've read it. And so- Yeah, um, well, at I least think, they read it. <laughs> well, yeah, they read it most likely. Yeah, um, yeah and I think- the good thing about college recruitment is how open the coaches are. Like they really, you know, want to know you and want to know yeah, how yeah. you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a completely different atmosphere than Hong Kong yeah, yeah. and Hong yeah. Kong coaches. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Rose, your coaches, man. <laughs> you might be listening to this. Hi, coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I think like how has how has college this whole college recruitment thing affected your mental health well like definitely the anxiety is just just goes because <laughs> like you don't like there are a lot of things you can't get a hold of and for me to contact um the the coaches you know besides me there are like dozens like thousands of people around the world who's mm-hmm. doing the same thing and like hoping to get their email like hoping them to get my email it's like really hard and um it's just driving me crazy sometimes and I try to get my mind off that and uh well like sometimes for me I just need to take my mind off all college recruitment because it's just like it's really really stressful it's something that's like two three years away from me two, two and something two, two and a half two years two years yeah two years two and away a half. from me and yeah, it sounds kind of seems far away, but it doesn't seem too far. It's like, so do you know close. what I mean? It's exactly. So it kind of like it kind of seems really far, but it seems really close. And then it's just like I don't even know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really stressful and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, something you have to go through, and after that, you'll be great. <laughs> I know. I think um, one thing that. I struggle the most is thinking about other people and how they might take my slot in the recruitment process. Like mm-hmm. if I really want to go to a school, let's say Hong Kong U. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I want to go to Hong Kong U and there's only one squash space left for recruiting, I'm worried that someone else would come get my slot instead and I won't be able to get into the school I want to go to. And so um one thing I try to remind myself is that this world is big enough for two people to be happy at where they are in life. And I think this is so important for me because I kept seeing the recruitment process as a tournament because we're so Mm -hmm. used to having first places and second places. (laughs) Um, 
And so it's a constant, I need to constantly remind myself that college recruitment is, it can be a win-win situation. We can both get into really good schools and we can both be happy with where we are. Um, Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the biggest lessons I had to learn the past few months, especially with COVID and then this whole local school shutting down for two months. Um, And it's, it's crazy, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is your summer holiday plan ruined? Did you plan anything during the summer? I mean, I I did not. It's just no, like for my typical summer holiday, it's just training, 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 training. And, you know, some like, leisure time in between mm-hmm. and just ask my friends if they want to go out and hang yeah that's right it. And, um I was yeah. planning to go to summer camps and then this they normally are held in July so yeah. I, I actually applied I to some before I got admitted but then I couldn't go because I had my own summer camp here in Hong Kong come like, on <laughs> few times yeah, I went to Malaysia last time because mm-hmm. um, last time I think I um, I was able to get into one of the colleges, one of them, I forgot which, mm-hmm. but then I, I managed to get into one, but then I couldn't go because my coach had one in Malaysia and I had to go to that one. So, yeah. Right. Just, okay. Um, How's your relationship with your coach? Well, okay, so I've known my coach co- coach since I was eight years old. <laughs> like my current okay. coach yeah when I was eight and well it's like it didn't start off well I was really afraid of her <laughs> like right. I, I would never like go to her whenever I needed I, I just let her approach me mm-hmm. and but like like after years of exp- like swimming experience with her I started to know her more and more and like actually we started to um click more with like during COVID times because um we like she had these sessions on Fridays and sometimes she tells us to send messages to the group talking about different things you struggle with and uh you know just a lot of things on mental health and like like I really so appreciate good. her for that yeah I really appreciate her for that like she talked me out of my depression and um so that actually got me really close with her right now and uh like That's I was, so I'm like re- less afraid oh of her, God. and I'm so happy that she's my coach, and she's like another mom to me, honestly. That's yeah. so sweet. That's so wholesome. Exactly. And she was like, "I understand you all. I understand the pain." And then she, yeah. <laughs> did she have and to she go like, through the the recruitment process as well, or was she? Um, uh, she did. Yeah, she did. But honestly, she at first she started off with a school which is not she like something that she did not want to go in, but then. Mm-hmm. She worked hard at that school and then uh, she got admitted, like she got recruited again and then she switched schools and like in between. So, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I think that's something to keep in mind as well. If you like land in the... Things like that can happen. So you don't get, like don't be It's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, on the squash end of things... The coaching style can be very verbally abusive. Um, And um, we have the Sports Institute, right? Like Mm -hmm. the same as swimming. And the thing with the Sports Institute or like SI is that um, no one who plays squash wants to go to SI because for us, it's like, just stay at where you are and don't go to SI because they're so verbally abusive and the only the coaches there only know how to scream and they <laughs> make sure that you follow a set of game plan and not change. And I think, um, well, that's terrible, first of all. And also um, the screaming happens even during my group training sessions. It has definitely... Um, lessened now that there's COVID and there's no more training sessions um but when back when everything was still normal I did struggle a lot with how to manage my mental health on court and with the coaches you're, in, you're, you're not in that side right no I'm not I'm in this um yeah. a regional training regional do you know what regional is yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it, okay yeah um so yeah I think I struggled a lot of 
where my depression stemmed from is from training sessions, group training sessions specifically. And that has also caused me to start disliking my sport. And it Mm -hmm. started making me, you know, like all those suicidal thoughts or like self-harming all stemmed from these group trainings. And I think Mm -hmm. the lack of the lack of um, regarding our athletes mental health is is so um damaging in the sports world and I think that's something that definitely has to change yeah like I understand because I've been there and like I'm really lucky to have met my coach right now because she just talked everything out with you like before I remember one training session when I thought like no one knew about my depressive state and stuff like that she was the one who's like she was the only one who talks about it with me and I literally just broke down in tears in front of her and just yeah I was like so happy like she noticed that but Mm -hmm. then like before I met the like my coach right now um like I had a coach back then too and they were like hella abusive like not only from them like I I got scolded every single day not only from them but but my parents like they, they keep schooling me because I do something like wrong every day. I'm slow every day. And then I just get like, I just dread training. I remember um, like hiding in the changing room for 30 minutes and not going mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And it was like, like horrifying. I hated swimming back then. It was when I changed coach. I started to like, I changed coaches and I started to like swimming again. Like I really hated the fact that like I go to swim, but to get scolded. Like I go to yeah. swim, swim to get scolded, but not to swim. You know, you know. Right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be something that I enjoy, but you turn it into something that I hate. And so, like, one day, like, I got so in love with the scolding and stuff, and I used those and as motivation, and um, it got me to the place where I wanted to be. Right. But then, as I as I started to progress down the road, and like I, like it didn't work anymore, and I knew that it was a bad source of motivation for me and like like to people who use that as your motivation please don't because it it just breaks you down and uh yeah so I tried like it didn't work and I tried to try again and then it was just torturing and so yeah I just didn't like it a lot but then finally when I met my coach I started to change everything from like technique wise and swimming and then mentally started to change and then now I'm I'm getting better so yeah yeah. it's good to hear how was the transition like did you like talk to your parents to say I want a change of coach or how did that well, my go parents which coaches for me like right. um, she was like uh, they, like they noticed that um, the training methods of this coach is not gonna get me anywhere because it's it was a big group training and they would focus the program on like a single like two or three people and I was really young back then I was like nine or ten no I was seven or eight I was really young yeah. I was really young and um and so, like, it, it does not work for me. And so my mom opted to change coaches. And, like, my coach is an Olympian. So, like, she, right. was like, uh, she, she has been to the Olympics. She has more experience. She has been to the Definitely. U.S. Um, so it's going to be better. And, yeah, my life is going uphill right now. So that's it's, great. It's great. Yeah. What do you advise people to do, like, whenever they have a coach that they don't like? Or how do you, like how do you think is the first way to open up to them open up to parents or to coaches coaches. well for me I didn't really do anything because I was always really afraid because yeah when I was younger Mm -hmm. until and I was always scolded by people because I like I'm really naive and I do things wrong really often and so like I get scolded a lot and um like I never had the courage to speak up and I was really scared and so like, first of all, don't be afraid because, you know, coaches, they're not cult. They're not robots. You can talk to them. You can talk to them about what you're struggling with, the programs and stuff. If they don't listen, try to talk your parents out of it. <laughs> you know, that's the only way like, you can do it because, well, if it like some parents, like some coaches really don't listen. If you say it's hard, they say that's the only way you're going to be able to improve blah, 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 stuff like that. They won't listen because they think their way of training is the only way that works but no it's not there are tons of other ways like there are tons of training methods in swimming that can get you to places like there's this one swimmer who 
just trains the amount that he competes. And that's it. That's like an hour training for him. But we do two hour trainings and three hour trainings. And it's just there's tons of methods. So that's not the only way that work. And so if they don't listen, go to your parents. Tell your parents that it doesn't work for me, blah, blah, stuff like that. And um, hope, like hopefully they'll pay attention. If not, then I really don't know what to do for now. Yeah, yeah I think group trainings, the thing with group trainings is that it's not specifically just, you know, set for you it's a program for everyone and so everyone has to follow that same set of program um yeah and I think some people work well under pressure while some doesn't don't or like um people train better in group settings while some don't and so I think you should always find your right balance and find out what works for you and then start reaching out to your own coach see to see if something can be changed, minorly tweaked. Um, I think um, self-awareness is the most important thing in this step to know what you want and what you don't want. Um, But also remind yourself to constantly put yourself out of your comfort zone because you also can't get, you also can't be too comfortable in your own space. You can't use that, like you can use the mental health card as like an, an excuse to be lazy and just saying some people do that and it's yeah. not okay it's not okay. like you don't use it to be lazy you use it to help yourself like if you don't have like mental health issues don't don't use it as a lazy card but then if you do you really have to reach out you have to sort that out you know sometimes you get yeah. confused between both so you have to really really dig in and ask yourself be honest with yourself don't lie to yourself and yeah. like be really truthful if the truth is brutal it's normal okay if you're lazy you're lazy get it out there <laughs> okay so um, yeah <laughs> yeah I think once I was diagnosed with depression the hardest thing for me was to find the line between me being lazy and me being depressed and I think these yeah, two are so different but the line is so thin um and so when you brought up the mental health card thing and using that as an excuse, I did use that once or twice during training to train to slack off a little more. But then I also knew that I was in the peak of wanting to hurt myself. So that was when I used the card. Um, and I think it's a learning process. You have to learn yeah. when to use it and when not to. And also um, I'm guilty of faking an injury <laughs> you know swimmers swimmers do that all the time they all like fake cramps because we always like a lot yeah. of people cramp and they're like oh i have cramp coach i have cramp and then they just sit, like sit on the side yeah. and just, uh, they don't have a cramp yeah so um yeah <laughs> i'm guilty of doing that a few times i rarely get injured i basically don't um so interesting you know yeah so um a few people when we have like running sessions they'll also pretend to pull their ankle or something and then skip out on it um it doesn't really work anymore because it's too obvious that you're skipping out right when you have to start running um yeah but but I'm just saying if if your coach really doesn't understand mental health and if you really feel like you're on the verge of breaking down during training I think it's a good time to pause take a break take a break yeah. and it's okay to take breaks it's really yeah. okay like once or twice I really couldn't have, have enough like I, I I was just like claustrophobic and stuff like mm-hmm. that I couldn't like a way out I'm actually guilty for this but like I took a like I took a day off to Disney <laughs> I took that a day works. off to Disney and I told my coach I was going for a tutorial class <laughs> and like she didn't know but like I just went there and I had like a day with my sister and that was pretty fun and after that like it was like a reset for my brain I was really fun and I got back to work the next next day so yeah that's good <laughs> how does it feel to be claustrophobic in the pool well I mean the pool when you're claustrophobic you're basically suffocating <laughs> okay like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah basically. yeah so I had this experience once um if you're a swimmer, you'll know how hard a 200 meter event is because it's not so short. You can sprint the whole way like a 50, yeah. not long enough, like a 400 meters where you can like pace it out. So yeah. 200 is like in, in between and it's one of the hardest events and like, in my opinion, in the swimming community. And 
being like just the first race, first one or two races after COVID, um, I was totally not prepared. Like I was freaking out for the first time ever. I freaked out so bad. And um, well, like, first of all, I, I couldn't breathe. I was like gasping for air. Like that that's already a bad sign. And then my hands and legs are shaking and stuff like that. I couldn't mm-hmm. see really well. And then, well, it was time to get like, I was at like behind the blocks then. And I was like, oh, sh- crap I'm so nervous and stuff like that I couldn't get my head straight so um well I flopped my race and it was really bad um in the race I was like after the first 25 meters my hands and like like my arms and my legs were like frozen I couldn't move mm-hmm. and it, like I, I still had like um three more 50 meters to go and I was like oh no I'm screwed for this thing and like in the end I I went out really fast and then I just died back for the last hundred meters so it's really really um bad to be claustrophobic before race and you have to try and control yourself like take deep breaths in calm down it's okay if you flop it you flop it and then like just tell yourself it's okay and carry out what you can like do what you can on that day to bring out your best yeah that's what i would do yeah um i recently competed in this tournament um in the u.s and came back with Omicron, but we're not talking yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> um, so I, I played a very terrible match. Well, not really terrible. It's like passable, but I also could, should have won a, a game that I lost. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, we've all been there. Um, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> and so I got a text from my friend's parents um, and they, they have been, I think I know who. <laughs> yeah, okay. But they have been very supportive throughout the whole trip. And so they they texted me and told me, you did your best today and that's all that matters. And yeah. I, it only hit me then because I'm, I'm 100% sure that I put out all my efforts during that tournament and it may not be as good as what my normal training sessions would look like. But I, I had no regrets in that moment and I felt like I did try my very best in that um, match and I think that's so important during a tournament especially when you're not doing well I think the yeah yeah, yeah I think the overall mindset that you have is more important than the outcome sometimes yeah like, yeah. like Siobhan how he said I'm quoting her again um she like when after she won her medal and like the the reporters asked her what like the importance what what you do for a race and she said the race is 80 percent mental like mentally and 20 percent physically and like i agree because if your mental health is not good on that day it can really affect you like yeah. like maybe on the day where i flopped my 200 free it, i had like a good like i could i was capable of doing a good one but then because i was too nervous and i got claustrophobic and stuff like that and i just like flopped it really bad mm-hmm. and yeah from that point onward I started to learn that like like you I learned that you know trying your best is all that matters if you don't try your best and you fail well, that's on you you have to take that yeah. responsibility yeah. and I have been like I have lied to myself before I was like yeah you tried your best but like when you think back oh no you have not <laughs> and so yeah. um it's like one thing to want like if you want to move forward one thing is also to stay true to yourself like always be truthful like no matter how hard you try to run away from your problems they're just keep gonna chasing you they they're, they're keep ah, sorry <laughs> they're gonna keep chasing you no matter what and if yeah. you don't um, stand there and solve them one by one they're just gonna stack up and it's gonna take forever and so like one thing I learned I've learned from this process was just stay true to yourself if you have something that you don't think you do well uh, find the answer to it don't run away from it but just find it it won't come to you you go to it yeah that's right yeah. Awesome. yeah yeah um I'm not sure if you heard of it I'm pretty sure you have um Simone Biles did skip out yeah. on some <laughs> Tokyo tournaments and yeah, yeah. I know this is a very cliche example to give out but then it's something so brave of her because it's not like swimming or squash. Like if you freeze um, in the water or on court, you won't mm-hmm. die in a, in a way. Yeah. But then, you know, what Simone is doing is tumbling in the air and, you know, yeah, just 
cracking her neck or something is going to be lethal. And I think her standing down on such an important tournament is a reminder for all athletes out there because um, it's always, you always have to put your mental health first, no matter what. Um, Yeah. I know that there's a line between wanting to get out of your comfort zone and also, you know, causing yourself to have a huge burnout yeah so I think that is the toughest thing that Simone had to I mean it's the toughest thing that we have to learn and Simone really showed an example she should be like uh like like an idol for everybody like not only people in her sport but everybody should learn from her you know mentally and also Naomi Osaka like the tennis player yeah she she's one like another person we should learn from um, men- mental health is just really important and you like you should always put it first if your mental health is screwed up like your physical health is going to be affected so yeah it's something that people like still don't really um, care about and we all have to like try and like take care of ourselves yep. mentally first yep. another example would be chloe kim um a winter olympic um skier or something I don't really follow, but I did we follow. We don't know Olympic sports. <laughs> Same, but um, so there's this girl called Chloe Kim, and four years back in the um, Winter Olympics, she actually got a gold medal. And mm-hmm. what happened after was that she actually threw her medal in the trash, and mm-hmm. she got depressed. Um, she, she just felt that fame was hitting too hard on her, and so that was like, and then she she took a break from snowboarding. I think it was snowboarding in general because it was just mm-hmm. too mentally draining for her. Draining, yeah. um, she did eventually take that gold medal out of the trash, but then she went to Princeton and studied a year mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. then came back out and started snowboarding again and then eventually getting a gold medal again this year. Um, yeah. So I think... You know, there's so many people to look out for. I mean, there's so many people to look to look up to um, in the sports world. And they're all Mm -hmm. very good examples of prioritizing your mental health, but also not slacking off completely. Um, This is one of the hardest things I've had to learn. And I'm still like learning how to balance that out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can relate to her though, because... Like, I told you about my, like, rage as motivation thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have this, um, we have, like, two big competitions in Hong Kong every year. And it, one is in March. It's a short course championship. And one is in, uh, like, November. It's a long course championship. It's the most two, like, the two most important championships ever. And um, when I was 10, like, I, I was so motivated. And, like, every competition, I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. I can do things right, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up, like, winning all my events, I think. I think. I can't oh, remember. Yes. And I, I won the overall, like, high point winner. And um, from that point onwards, I just felt like I was carrying a target behind my back every single time. Like from that point onwards, my life just changed. I'm not saying like changed a, like an Olympic level athlete, but for me, like to having to experience that at 10 years old, so young, like it, it was really, really hard. And um, like, I, 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 I keep getting like hate, but they're like, I can be faster than you. Watch me next time I'll beat you. And then there's this pressure from everywhere mm-hmm. where I have to do like great. I have to be an example to people. And it was, oh, whoa, it was, I can't describe how it, like, how it is. And, like, it's it's not something you can go back from. Like, you can't take that away from your past. And, yeah, yeah it's just really hard to live by. And, like, um, before, when I was younger, I never really knew what was going on. And so I started used to hate again. And, I, and like, for until when I was 12 years old, I broke, like, I was lucky enough, again, to break, like, uh, 10 year old records I, I went crazy Whoa. on that competition like me and another person we were competing like breaking records to come like yeah breaking records to see who could win the high point winner and I lost eventually because like I have an event where I, I I like I really suck at and I lost to her but then like at that point onwards I I did like sort of histor- a historical thing mm-hmm. and um like after that competition um like my my 
my career just went because I was dealing with so much stress. Like people extract, expect you to do so well in training. You should be the first one every single time. In the competitions, you have to be so far away from others. Um, like parents be like, uh, yeah, you have to break more records and stuff like that. And I'm like, guys, I'm human. I can't take yeah. this all the time, you know? I was, I used the wrong way to like motivate myself. And it was like a like really big boost that got me here. I could have taken years to get to this point, but it was just like maybe some mistake that got me here. And like for me being so young, I really didn't know how to handle it. So like for that whole, it was 2019, for that whole 2019, I was always like, ah, like I'm, I don't know what to do. Like people are starting to catch up and yeah. I can't go back to my old times. And that was a stressful year. And then after that, I keep, like, I was lucky enough to break another national, like, junior record. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I keep breaking records for, like, when I don't know what I'm doing? And then, yeah, I just, like, I really, really did not like it. And But the thing is, I didn't reach out to anybody. I was just, like, struggling on my own. And until COVID hit, like, that was the time when I couldn't take it. And I finally reached out. So, yeah, it's, it's, right. you have to talk to people about it if you, like if you don't you'll be like me with the broken mental health sometimes yeah I think it's really interesting how I mean it's like you're saying that you've you broke another record despite having terrible mental health and I think that's really important for other people to know because just because you're achieving something on the outside doesn't mean you're doing well on the inside I was really unhappy with myself when I broke that record because like, it was a really record, right? And, like, I felt like I wasn't con- contributing at all. Like, it was mm-hmm. other people who, like, carried me through, like, for that record. And I could not forgive myself until this day. I still don't, like, I, st- I still don't think I deserve that record. And so, like, to, like, like, more people should understand that, like, doing things like this, it doesn't always mean you're happy. Like, yeah. I'm not happy with where I am. I'm still not. And, like, but I- I'm getting better. I'm getting better that like I, I understand that you have to look up you have to like slowly get back to where you are and keep going and keep improving try everything you can to keep improving that's all I'm trying to do right now so you have to yeah like you have to understand that do you think COVID has helped you um in a way time? yes yeah in a way yes um well at first it was not helping at all because I was going down this downward spiral mm-hmm. and it just keep like I just keep going down and um, like in the process, well, like if it was not for my coach, actually, it was yeah. if it was not for her, I don't think I would have opened up to like anyone. Yeah. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. She asked us about our mental health, and I just started like ranting my whole passage. I typed it out for her. I was like, I think I overshared. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, like COVID. On that point onwards, I was like, if my mental health keeps deteriorating. I don't think I can go anywhere and I don't think I can swim again. And uh, like, I reminded myself, you know, take some time down, like, it's okay. Uh, I, I read this quote from somewhere, I was like, you have to let yourself die a little in order to get further. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, at that time, you have to like, let yourself go. Don't be like anxious over the little things you lack and stuff like that. Like people, like some people could still swim then and I was really jealous, but then I was like, if you were swimming, you won't do well because you're mentally True. not well. Like, so now a time when most people are, they don't have access to pools, um, you should take care of your mental health first. And um, from that point onwards, slowly, slowly improve and like start doing things like normally again. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was roughly the same for me. I also yeah. went through a very bad phase of comparison and jealousy in group sessions. So COVID was, you know, a blessing for me. Um, yeah. I started seeing a therapist in 2020, 2020 or 2021. Um, but yeah, that was like the period when COVID started hitting also. And yeah. so it was really good for me because I got to talk to someone and fix all my problems in the past because they were so messed up, um, yeah. especially the comparison yeah. thing. Um so COVID t- helped me take a break from a lot of squash and that has helped me focus more on what I like doing, which is BMH. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had, you know, I did a lot of um, 
yeah I did a lot of things that I enjoyed doing um so it was a good break for me from squash Mm -hmm. and I didn't see a court for another three weeks um Mm -hmm. so that was like a good you know I was in a mentally good place right until until the first wave died down and then we all had training again and that was another yeah, barrier it was like a roller coaster for me for it the was. whole like different waves yeah and yeah. then like the current one I was like really happy I got to swim again and then after I like I, I worked so hard for a personal best for one time mm-hmm. and then pool's close yay yay and we all can't trade yeah. blah, blah blah like I was like oh no I have to go through all that again and like yeah and also one thing like I learned is to really take care of yourself because I'm like a people pleaser like if you know me mm-hmm, I always like, mm-hmm. make people laugh and stuff like that and I always neglect what I want like I always think of other people first and what they think I should do and like like yeah I think in other people's perspective instead of my own and like doing that is fine but I do that too much and it just blows myself like I just like, I'm really not taken care of. Like, when I got into COVID, I was like, wow, I'm really messed up when I started to look my, at myself more. And, like, during this period, I started to focus more and more. And, like, I, I got better. And, mm-hmm. yeah, my mental health got better. So it's a, it's also a thing. And it's okay to focus on yourself. You're not selfish for doing that. You know, you have to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I trained once with this friend of mine. Um, let's name him John. Okay, so I was I needed to train with John one day, and I really didn't feel like training because I was very drained. I was really tired. I was, it was like on a burnout side of things, and I just needed to have a little fun. Yeah. So what I did was, um, I I texted John, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to fool around on court today?" <laughs> not in yeah and no, then, no 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 I know. yeah and then <laughs> and then he was like yes sure let's do that and so when we went to the squash court we did not train at all like we used our left <laughs> hand to play and then we ran around screaming and um luckily it was like a private um residential court so there was no one else yeah. there so we really messed the whole place up we we were screaming we were like hitting each other and <laughs> That was so fun. Like, I get it. (laughs) I know. Like, it was supposed to be a training where we would not even talk to each other and we just keep playing and playing. And Mm -hmm. I, it it felt so good to have this break with a friend who understood me and knows that and knows and trusted me that I needed a break. And he was willing to give me one. And I think that was the first time I've ever experienced putting myself first like actually putting myself first yeah um and I also it was also the first time I experienced that people around me actually care about my mental health and they Mm -hmm. are actually willing to help help Mm -hmm. so cheers to you John yeah (laughs) yeah honestly yeah and uh yeah you you really like sometimes when you open up you you really notice that and sometimes I forget that people care and I, mm-hmm. I just push people away you don't care about me just go away but I, I do that a lot mm-hmm. and like so it's 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 a reminder for that yeah yeah I think when we're all like struggling so hard to stay happy we're always stuck in this cage and we forget mm-hmm. that there's people outside the cage who's you know yeah willing to help and break down those walls yeah and also you know one thing is I learned again is um find happiness in the little things like the little things you do maybe a shower even or wait mm-hmm. like sleeping being able to sleep is a joy like finding different things that make you happy in a day it's actually gonna make the day go by faster and happier you know, maybe I enjoy my free time of watching Netflix and YouTube. Uh, I enjoy my time sleeping. I enjoy my time eating, maybe texting my friends sometimes. And yeah, you have to find those little things to get you going sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was extremely hard for me during COVID as well because yeah, I couldn't travel. So I was stuck in this same group of people training together and there wasn't really anywhere else to go. Um, normally in the summer, I'd go somewhere else to train I'd go compete in these different places (laughs) and see so many new people and 
I just wasn't able to do that for three years straight. And I think that was so hard for me to get used to. And I think that also reminded me to be so grateful of all the things I have. Because, yeah, I think I, I never knew I was so financially stable or like lucky to have money to be able to go travel because yeah because being a student athlete is it's expensive like you go to camps tournaments and coaching also like the daily trainings are really expensive as well um yeah so staying grateful is definitely the biggest biggest lesson I had to learn yeah Yeah, because yeah yeah because you know like for us I don't I think I told you before a competition swimsuit costs like a few thousand xkd yeah. right and like sometimes especially me i broke it once only sometimes people break it and um it, it's actually really expensive you can't fix it because it's like really specially mm-hmm. made and tailored and like you have to treasure what you have honestly not just like with everything around but the things you're given with like other people don't get a chance to have that like I have a teammate actually um she like her family environment isn't that great Mm -hmm. and um she actually competed without a competition swimsuit for a really long time until like a few years ago she she herself um saved up money to get one Uh and I'm like really inspired by her too and like I admire I admire how like how great and resilient she is yeah that's crazy and like it's it's crazy and um she's a really independent person and honestly like from her I learned that I have to treasure what I have and stop complaining about this and that you know it's it's crazy yeah yeah I think I have a lot of squash players here in Hong Kong that don't have the privilege to go to the U.S. all the time yeah and so yeah I mean I I'm very grateful to be able to go travel and to not worry about money at all um yeah so yeah I think staying grateful is one of the first steps to trying to be positive throughout the day um I have the air con turned on now also so that's also a privilege I'm so hot (laughs) I'm so sorry I got the air con turned on and I'm like I just opened a window (laughs) (laughs) that's it yeah yeah Um, and yeah well we have been talking for an hour already oh wow that's pretty long um do you have like anything on diets or like body shaving that you'd like to talk about before we diets well body shaming well just remember different people have like different dna and science stuff i don't understand but then like they're your body reacts to things differently and so if you like if people body shame you it's their problem okay it's their own perspective that has issues like it's okay if you like take the right amount of intake and you don't look like the Mm -hmm. look like the ideal shape it's okay and um just know that if you can perform at your finest and with like with what you are right now then just keep going just don't really listen to them yeah yeah I have like a few friends who have gained a lot of weight recently during covid and Mm -hmm. i think i've also heard of people talk behind their backs about how so and so has gained weight this year or like you grew you didn't grow at all or stuff like that and i think um i I mean like people take it so lightheartedly when when it actually really hurts a lot of people yeah and like like me myself I joke about it a lot I joke about myself a lot and it's okay for me but then like for other people it's not some people they don't they take it really seriously yeah um I think you know we're all growing up we're all student athletes um so we all have our ups and downs yeah our body is growing we have hormones so (laughs) um yeah it's really hard to see women when there's yeah yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so I think most important the most important thing is just to stay true to yourself do what makes you happy if you feel like eating then just eat um yeah or like you know if you have a problem with stress eating then try switching your 
daily snacks into something a little healthier. I drink water if I if I eat. Yeah, I drink right, like okay. and water. So yeah. I went to this my friend's house um during yeah. COVID, and mm-hmm. they asked me if I wanted to have frozen blueberries, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" And then so- I had it for the first time. <laughs> they were so good. Exactly, they're so good. <laughs> like. I started putting blueberries into the freezer and eating it throughout the day. And that helped me so much with my stress eating because I started eating healthy. Um, I I replaced (laughs) chips with blueberries. And um, I think, yeah, I think now fruit is a type of dessert for me. And I really like eating fruit. Um, So that's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I love fruits and veggies. Not a yeah. typical person, not something a typical person would like, but yeah. But yeah, stress eating is yeah. a factor that mm-hmm. it's okay to stress eat, but also if so, you you realize you're doing it a little too much, then you can still stress eat, just choose the food a little something better. Something else to yeah. replace it. Maybe the zero calorie stuff, so you can just eat them, but yeah, just yeah. You know, replace it with something else. I think protein bars are something... I always if snack you eat on too much. It gets well, just one, but <laughs> yeah, and blueberries <laughs> and blueberries. Blueberries are amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's this quote I read recently, and it was like, "We have to put the person before the student and the athlete, otherwise we are at risk of losing all three." Mm-hmm. And yeah. I read this somewhere because there was a recent news about this girl. Um, who was a goalkeeper at Stanford and Stanford, she committed yeah. suicide. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I picked up this quote in like a news article or an Instagram post or something like that. And that yeah. hit me so hard. Yeah, I so get it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think that's one thing that not only we have to keep in mind, but also the people around us. Yeah. Um, student athletes are human we're all human and we're all yeah, students you understand that people you have to understand that yeah you know, sometimes we act in ways that aren't normal and you have to understand that we don't mean it sometimes and like for the people if you have a friend or a family member who's in who's a student athlete take it like take a take care of them you know they 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 have things that they're going on in their head all the time but they just don't show it and there's always like when a person reaches out to us noticing that we have something going on like mentally it's it's really ha- like we're really grateful for someone like mm-hmm. that and like it can bring us to tears honestly yeah and so like if you have a friend or family member that's like that reach out to them ask if they're okay um spend more time with them and stuff like that so yeah oh yeah. also i have this coach i started going to um and he's in football, Hong Kong Football Club, which is a private club in Hong Kong. And yeah. um, I started training there two years ago. And there's this yeah. coach called Carlos. And okay. I used to I, I used to train with him a lot before COVID started, um, before the fifth wave started. And one time after training, I got a text from him and he yeah. said, Haley, are you doing all right? And I was like, why? Why are you asking? And he said, you looked a little tired during training today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that that made me like almost tear up because it's not yeah. something I get from adults ever. And yeah, it's so yeah, I think whoever's listening to this, whoever, if you yeah. know, you, if you know a student athlete around you, just always let them know that you're there for them because we they definitely really need did. you yeah like yeah. I really cried because like one of my really close teammates she actually went to Canada I think it was her I, I think it was her like my memory is really bad but like they one of them reached out and they're like are you okay you don't see you seem off like you don't look like you mm-hmm. what you used to look like and I'm like I'm not okay at all and I just opened up and it was really great yeah 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 and also yeah. one more thing yeah uh, remember it's okay to have like don't work until you're burnt out remember to take breaks because it's really bad if you're burnt out if like if you're once you're burnt out it just keeps going on it it's really hard to fix so just remember it's okay to take breaks 
like from time to time, not only student athletes, but like people in general, you should remember it's okay to take breaks. Yeah. And, you know, just work hard every step of the way, but also know yeah. your limits. Don't need the discipline. Don't use the card. Yeah. When um, if you don't have it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's basically it from us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to my really bad ranting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.